Welcome, educators, parents, and scholar gamers to the Academy of Esports podcast. This is the podcast where James O'Hagan delves into topics surrounding esports and education. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. Let's get started. Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about three ways you, at your middle or high school, can fund your esports programs. Funding esports can be a rather tricky topic. In some places, you have grant funding that's available. In some places, you have title funding that's available. And in some places, you have local funding that's available. Let's start with local funding because it seems to be the most straightforward of ways that you can fund your esports program. I want to take you back to a time when I was first getting started with an esports program, and that was in the Rockford Public Schools, where I was presented with this idea of how do we make esports available to our kids? And it all started with the idea of how do we make those scholarships that are starting to crop up available to our kids? So what I did was I put together what was basically a business proposal that looked at every item line by line of what we would need to get started with an esports program in Rockford Public Schools at Guilford High School. And the way that we started again was with local funds. So what we did was we looked at what our cost outlay would be, not just for the equipment, but also looking at the time the IT department would need to get everything set up and running the impact on the network that this could create for us, and also looked at some of the other financial things that we had considered as well too at the time. One of those being, this could be a new avenue for our booster clubs to get involved with and raise additional funds for our athletic booster program in our school. So again, local funds is a great straightforward way to do it. You just use the money that you have available in your IT department budget or in a school budget, and you build out your program that way. How many computers do you need will depend greatly on what kind of games that you're looking to play. So if you want to have a team that's just going to focus on Rocket League, for example, you may only need three computers. But that's really not idealistic in this in this sense, because with esports, you want to have enough equipment, not just for one game, but for a multitude of games. You also want to have enough equipment to allow things such as video production using Twitch, shoutcasting. So a lot of those things are going to need to be built into your capital outlay as well too. So again, with your local funds, you're just gonna use the funds that your schools have available to you right in the uh, budget. But you could be in a situation like I am right now with the Racine Unified School District. In Racine, we are facing in the 2019 and 20 school year, about a 10 to $12 million budget deficit. How can I possibly in any way get funding for an esports program when we have to pay things like for teachers and we have to pay for curriculum and we have to pay for all kinds of other programs and facilities? Local funds are really not available for a program as this, no matter how wonderful you propose it, how wonderful you make it. But there are other options that you can look to to develop your esports program. One of them is through grant funding. 
In Racine Unified School District, what we are doing right now is we are actually using grant funding to pay for our esports programs. Now, what worked out really well in our favor was we have a gaming lounge in town called Not Your Parents Basement. Because we have a gaming lounge in town, we had no capital outlay, no sunk cost to expand our esports programs from the Walden School to our other three comprehensive high schools. So by doing that, we were able to basically just rent time like we would rent time at a bowling alley. So in that case, then what we did was we went to Not Your Parents' Basement. We said, how much is this going to cost us to rent space from January to May? So they gave us a figure of what that would be. And then I went to one of the people who works with grants in our school district. And I said, hey, I've got this idea for this after school program. What do you think? She loved the idea. So we were able to use our after zone funds in grant funding to do our esports programming this spring. In fact, it worked out so well for us that next year we've already built into our grant budget and use the space at Not Your Parents' Basement. It's going to be a tremendous benefit for us because rather than come up with about $250,000 to outlay four or five even high school esports computer labs, what instead we're going to do is we're going to put that money into our uh, rental of the space. And by renting that space, then we have no sunk capital outlay and we don't have to look three and five years down the line to upgrade any of that equipment. It helps keep our costs in check, and because it's grant-funded, it's not taking away from any of the other programming that we have in the school district. But let's say you don't even have grant funding available. There is one other way that I've been exploring recently on ways that we can fund esports programs. And a lot of it has to do with not so much how do you get the equipment, but what do you use esports for? As I've always talked about with esports, we use it as a pathway to other things. So when we're talking about how we can use esports to get to other things, there's actually a piece of legislation called Title IVA. It is part of the Elementary and Secondary Schools Act. And in that piece of legislation is wording that allows you to use technology in really unique and forward-thinking ways. So by using Title IVA funding, we can actually start to build an esports program that really addresses the heart of what technology should allow us to do in our schools. Again, this isn't so much about the games because with Title IVA funding, you can only use 15% of the budget on, on capital outlay projects, so actually on the equipment. So that for some people may be, well, how do I then use esports, develop esports if all I can use is 15% of the money on actually buying equipment? There's actually a document out there that was put out by ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education, on ways that you can develop your programming or using technology to get access to these Title IVA funds. And there are actually three ways that they came up with to use the technology to, to build your program so that you can get access to this Title IVA funds. One of the ways is through actual professional development. So professional development for teachers in this case would be training the coaches, working with the coaches and teaching them what they would need to do in order to be an effective coach. And really coach is really not the appropriate word what we talk about with our, um, with our adults who are mentoring uh, our esports programs. In some places, yes, 
Some of them can be coaches, but a lot of times most people are not going to be really good game players or really know everything about the games. That's okay. We can use a term called general manager instead. A general manager is a better way to describe an adult who's working in an esports program a lot of the time anyway, unless they're really steeped in the game and really understand the nuances of the game. A general manager is somebody who's going to be more organizational based, who's going to get the kids to practice, who's going to organize the practices, monitor things, and kind of keep the flow of things going. You can then uh, have a captain or a coach for your of your students who are then going to help run your team with you. It's a great way to get, uh, get your kids involved as well, too, in esports programming. One of the big ways we can use Title IV funds is actually to develop a well-rounded education, which is what the ISTE document speaks very highly of. In fact, When we talk about a well-rounded education, it is exactly what esports is. What we're doing is actually making connections to what students are studying, what their curiosities are, what their passions are, what their skills are, and building that across the curriculum. It really is a tremendous way for us to get our students to use esports in ways and and when you in ways that we want them to. And then again, when we're using that Title IV-A funding. That is a really unique way to develop a program when you start talking about building skills across curriculum and building into the passions of students what they love to do. The final way that the ISTE document really speaks highly of is building safe, healthy schools. These are things through positive behavior intervention. These are using safe and supportive learning environments. These are using um, technology in ways that leads to violence prevention or conflict resolution or crisis management. I think about uh, our own teams here in Racine that we had this year where we had three high school teams all practicing in the same space, rival schools practicing in the same space. There was worry about having three different high schools all together in one space because of potential, like I said, rivalry problems. And what we found were that these students actually became very supportive of each other. These were teams that were not in conflict with each other, but were getting to know each other and play with each other and building bonds and connections that that run across the city of Racine. It was really something amazing to see. So if you're looking for ways to develop esports programming in your schools, to reiterate, you can use your local funds to lay out all the capital costs that you need in order to build your program. You can also look at the potential of grant funding. You could have some after-school funding that's available for you to either pay for space, but if you don't have availability to pay for space, perhaps you could even use grant funding to purchase equipment. And the third way is using that ISTE document, and I will link to it in the podcast, use the ISTE document and really dig in on it and look at ways that you can build your esports program to access those Title IV-A funds. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's spelled at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N and through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. That's spelled at T-A-O-E-S-P-O-R-T-S. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. 
You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.